Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitter first at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about these playoff games, what I like, what I don't. We're going to talk about your favorite team, the Memphis Grizzle. And then before we get up out of here, we're definitely going to talk about the dummy of the day. It is not going to give you any spoilers right now, but I'm definitely going to tell you right now, it definitely has something to do with my hometown of Oakland, California. But first things first, man, if my audio sounds a little bit on the fuzzy side, it is because your boy is traveling for his day-to-day job. I am here in my home state of Southern California not Northern California, just to let you all know. It's a huge difference between Southern and Northern California. It's like two different states. But I am here this week for my regular job. So I'm super duper happy to be here in SoCal, getting some, some sun, sunshine, even though it's Johnny Blaze in Las Vegas where I do reside. But it's not bad to get a little bit of humidity and a different type of heat. So really, really happy to be here. Uh, got a little bit of downtime. So your boy's definitely going to go check out some games. So if you do follow me on Instagram, make sure you hit that money. Uh, make sure you hit follow me on Money Compton, like I said earlier. But I just got into town um, a little salty at the hotel because I did tell them that I need an early check-in so I can watch my Warriors play. But the check-in people didn't have my room ready until about halftime. <laughs> That's neither here or there. But your boy was able to check out the second half of the game. And man, the Warriors are still alive, y'all. Like the Warriors are still figuring out ways to one, beat themselves, and two, I mean, essentially, they could have been, they could have swept the, the Kings if you really think about it. This isn't me knocking Sacramento Kings. I actually like the Kings a lot. I think the Kings are maybe a year or so a little too early to the party, which is cool. That's all right. They're getting that playoff experience now and they need it. And I do think that the lack of experience that they had, especially in today's game four, where the Warriors were able to, I mean, they made it harder than what they needed to be by beating the Kings by one point. But you could definitely see that there were some holes in cheese as far as some young cub um, type of errors with Malik Monk taking that shot late in the fourth quarter, a little bit tattooed early, um, and then just some huge boneheaded turnovers. But I mean, Steph, he probably would have been the, 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 the mockery of the Bay Area had he they had the, somehow the Kings would have won that game, being the fact that they did call a timeout with no timeouts remaining. I actually initially thought that they were calling a timeout intentionally just so that they could catch their breath and kind of gather together. But once when I saw Steve, because when I saw Steve Kerr's reaction, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That that idea is definitely falling out the window. So um, the, the Warriors, they are they have tied the series up 2-2, much to my delight. Um, but they got to win one on the road. They just need one game. Which 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 isn't feasible, which isn't which isn't far fetched. I mean, they were in it to win it in both games one and game two. Um, really, game two probably more than game one. They really had that chance to win their that that to to be technically up three one. So I think they can win one game on the road. That's all they got to do is just win one forty eight minute game on the road in Sacramento, which is only an hour and a half away. So it's essentially not even really a home an away game. They're home. Um, can they do it? I don't know. One thing about the Golden One Center in Sacramento is that they have that place rocking with cowboys, cow, cowbells, and it has been a 
fun environment. Um, the city of Sacramento, outside of the fact that they are still trying to say, use Bay Area slang terms, music and all this other stuff, but they're not really the Bay Area. Um, it's a little interesting, but you take all of that away. De'Aaron Fox is, is the truth. Sabonis is, is solid. Um, you got Malik Monk, who's balling out of control. Red Velvet and Kevin Herb, uh, Hunter uh, is, is, is the truth. And shout out to Hinesville, Georgia, and Davion Mitchell, which was my first Army duty station where Davion Mitchell graduated high school from. He's a bona fide stud as well. So they got a lot of cool pieces. I just think that they are one year early to the party. But this experience is going to get them better. And I think Mike Brown definitely got these boys playing really, really hard. But um, I thought I'd leave the show off with that just because that's the latest and greatest thing as of this recording. Depending on how you listen to the show, it is Sunday. Usually I do my shows on Monday. But like I said, your boy's traveling, doing a lot of stuff for his day-to-day work. And great segue. You know, your boy, one thing about a lot of people be saying, you know, about me is that, yo, you go to you go to everything. I'm like, yeah, your boy, your boy goes to a lot of different sporting events. If I'm in town... Your boy's definitely looking up whatever sporting event is in was was playing, and I just so happened to check when my uh my regular job hit me up and asked me which which did I need it, which state did I want to go, which was either California or Florida, and my office is in Fort Myers, Florida. And I was like, eh, ain't really too much popping off over there. It's like three hours away from Tampa. It's about two hours away from Orlando, and it's about three hours away from Miami. That means it ain't. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Not 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 doodling on Fort Myers, Florida, but. Ain't really too much for your boy to do when he gets off the work. So the latter was going to SoCal. I was like, okay, cool. You got the Angels, Dodgers, Padres, Lakers, Clippers. There's a lot more to do. Um, So I checked that schedule and it just so happened before I made my final decision that the NBA playoffs had dropped their schedule and I will be in attendance tomorrow when the Los Angeles Lakers play the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Two things that I've taken away one, I'm trying to figure out why the hell Dylan Brooks isn't suspended for hitting my man LeBron James in the Netherlands. And two, um, what is what is what is what do we what is the rule of thumb? Like, what is the 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 standard of uh, granting suspensions? And and this isn't me knocking the ref by all means. Do I think Draymond Green? Actually, this is the first podcast that I'm doing since Draymond Green actually took that suspension. But do I think Draymond Green should have got suspended? Uh, game three, and eh, I don't know about that one, but here we are. Um, here we are. He suspended. Uh, he got suspended game three. The Warriors are able to figure things out without him. But you also had James Harden, who I didn't think even, I don't even know if that was an offensive foul. Um, game three with the Philadelphia 76ers against the Brooklyn Nets. And then you also have old Billy Badass and Dylan Brooks yesterday. Um, who is the ultimate heel. But here's the thing about Dylan Brooks, and, and I've said this on social media. I don't know how much more longer can Dylan Brooks sustain to be in the NBA. And I and I'm not trying to be funny or anything like that when when I when I say that. Um I just don't know how good this man is. Um I just he 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 doesn't he doesn't shoot well from threes. He's a, he's he's very very horrible from uh from the twos and he leads the league in fouling out. So I say all that say that Dylan Brooks, you know, he's out here trying to poke the bear and calling LeBron James old and, you know, he wants to, you know, this ain't the Miami Heat LeBron James and that if it was in his time, you know, if he had he played back then, he, he would have, you know, gave LeBron the, the business. But bro, like the thing about him is one, like I said a few seconds ago, you led the league in fouling out this year. You're one of the league leaders in total fouls. 
you you shooting, I think, under 30% from threes, which is horrible, under 40% from twos. So my thing is, what do you do that's good? You know, I don't know this whole notion that he's trying to be the next Draymond Green. Here's the thing about Draymond Green. Draymond Green is probably the engine for the Golden State Warriors. And this isn't me knocking Clay Thompson, but I think if you were to swap, you know, if you, who would be more detrimental if you lost the team? Think about last year. Clay Thompson missed a boatload of games, really, essentially, really, pretty much the entire half season last year before Clay got back on the court. And the Warriors were doing just fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Warriors were just fine. Um, you you missed, and then if you think about it, the Warriors were probably a top two team. It was, I think, Phoenix, Memphis, and, and Golden State last year were the top three seeded teams in, in that order. Um, Draymond, the day that Klay Thompson comes back, Draymond Green misses, I believe, whew, 20 or 30 games with a back injury. And the Warriors, had they not sandbagged all those wins at the beginning of the season, I think they started the season off like 22 and 4 or 5 or something like that. Had they not sandbagged all those wins at the beginning of the season, when Draymond got hurt, I don't know where the Warriors would have been in the playoffs last year. So that's not me knocking Clay Thompson. I love me some Clay. I think Clay is a future Hall of Famer. I think the Warriors don't get four championships without Clay Thompson. But it also shows that Draymond, he's he's won a defensive player of the year. He's probably he could have probably won about three of them already. Um, he's a multiple time All Star. He's probably going to be an All Defensive first team again this year, either first or second team. He's going to be All Defense NBA. I think that's that's a consensus. I think that's going to happen. But as far as Dylan Brooks goes. I don't know what he brings to the table. Like, you see what happened to Lance Stevenson. He ended up getting bounced around the league until he got bounced all the way out of the league. Um, I, I I just don't know. You poking LeBron James, and clearly last night was a perfect example. I think there was I was watching the Devontae Davis fight, and I just happened to switch over real quick. I thought I saw the first score at the first period score at the end of the first quarter. I think the score was like twenty something to nine or thirty something to nine, and I could be wrong. If in, if you all want to chime in on the show. Feel free to email the show, but I could have sworn I saw the score was like 30 something to nine, which was the biggest margin of a lead in the postseason history of one in the opening quarter. Now, did LeBron James have one of those Miami Heat uh, against the Boston Celtics game type of performance? No, but he did come out the black side and he did know what he was doing. And, you know, Dylan Brooks, I think my man shot three for 13 before he was out here uh, filling up on another man's genitalia. And I just don't know what he was thinking. Two, I, I do, I do think that this is what I do know. If the if the Los Angeles Lakers win this series, which the consensus in all roads are leading to, probably that's what's going to end up happening. I don't know. One, I think Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the of the Memphis Cubs, he's he's out of there. I don't know if Desmond, Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain, and I call them the, those two dudes are two and the same because I don't know who be who sometimes, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure Dylan, Dylan Brooks is going to be out or Desmond Bain. One of them two dudes is out of there. I don't know if Steven Adams is there. I do know that there will be a huge makeover of this team next year, uh, this offseason. I can't see how Taylor Jenkins is able to keep his job based off of everything that's transpired this year. It does look like he has no control over this team. I mean, you got Dylan Brooks who's out here grabbing up on people, hitting Gary, you know, hitting, just winding up, knocking people out of games and this and that. Desmond Bain out here doing the same or doing the same thing. Jaron Jackson, who I'm, I told y'all the last time I had the show, I said, I didn't know how this man ended up being the defensive player of the year because Anthony Davis is out here making that man look like barbecue chicken all day long. Um, it's, it, it's, it's not even close. 
it's not even close how Anthony Davis is just embarrassed Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, I mean, I think game one, Anthony Davis had seven blocks, got five and one half. And that's with one arm, you know, because he had that shoulder injury. Uh, you take away game two, like, okay, Anthony Davis had a pedestrian game, but Jaron Jackson has been non-existent. Like, where is this defensive player of the year that we're, that we're supposed to be gloating about? Because he ain't, he ain't, here's what Jaron Jackson is. And if y'all play 2K, all my 2K gamers out here, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know the triangle button or, uh, or the jump button, which is triangle and PlayStation. I think it's Y on Xbox. Yeah, Jaron Jackson is just a dude that just keeps pressing the, tri- the jump button. He just be jumping, 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 jumping. He gets a little, he gets a little lucky with a couple of block shots here and there, but he's probably gonna foul. Just all he do is just jump, 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 and just try to get lucky on a couple of these, uh, of these, uh, these, these block shots that he gets. So I don't think Jaron Jackson is that good on defense. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen him put any. His hands have not been even on that. Even with game two, when the Lakers really stunk up the joint in Memphis, um, that he didn't, it, 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 I don't see, where is the defensive player of the year? And now the more I'm thinking about it, and I've always been a huge person that's like, nah, bruh, these, these aren't media awards. It, it has to be a media award. Like, it's a popularity contest. There was already scuttlebutt earlier this, in the season that the Memphis Grizzlies media people, as well as their statisticians, was low-key, allegedly, and I'm going to say that that term loosely, allegedly, was padding uh, Jaron Jackson's junior stats for black shots. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I think the league came back and said that that's not true. But if you look at some of the video footage that was sent, no. That's all I'm going to say is no. But I do think that the Lakers putting out a statement yesterday, a statement win yesterday, as far as coming out the blocks that has, they ain't, they ain't playing no games. But here's the caveat. As much as I like to give Clarence from 8 Mile, a.k.a. John Morant, hell, that man is cold. When he is fully focused and wants to play the game of basketball, when he doesn't have any distractions, that man is cold. For him to be able to single-handedly try to keep that game within arm's reach yesterday was pretty impressive. It was one of the pretty dope dope uh, presentations or performances I've seen in a long time in the playoffs. Probably since, like, the bubble um, that I can think of off the top of my head, but I'm probably tripping because, there's a honest, there's a freaky, greaky 50-piece that I'm thinking as far as a clinching game, and there's also Steph Curry last year in the playoffs, but so far this year in the playoffs, I think uh, Clarence from 8 Mile, that, that game, that performance he put on yesterday was pretty spectacular. But that's the thing about the Memphis Grizzle. Who's their number two? Because I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. is their best number two. I don't know if he is a solid number two guy in the league. Um, I, well, first of all, that jump shot he has is just ugly. Like, I mean, I've seen some ugly shots a la Sean Marion, but who? That, that release he has, that's 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 not cute. That's not a cute jump shot. Like I, every time you shoot that thing, I mean, cool, like it, it works for you, but I, I just don't know how that slow release is just hitting the way it is. Like uh, I don't know. I just, uh. but I don't know if he is a solid number two in the NBA. Uh, which leads me to think, like John Moran had forty some odd points last night and <laughs> didn't really have no help. You know, you got Dylan Brooks out here. You know, one of, like I said, you know, grope on man. You got Desmond Bain, who's who's all right, but I mean. If you, you you Google who Desmond Bain is, I'm pretty sure the consensus is ain't nobody really feeling him, but uh, feeling knows who he looks like or what he looks like. So I think the Lakers, which I'm hoping tomorrow, they just don't lay an egg, but I'm pretty sure they, they don't figure some things out. But the thing about Dylan Brooks, like I said, and I don't want to make this a Dylan Brooks podcast because that's the last person I want to talk about. But the thing about him is, Dylan, you got to keep that same energy. Like you was out here yeah, popping off at the mouth when y'all was up uh, 2-1 and after game three. Or after game three, where was you at last night? You declined to comment, have to speak to the press yesterday. But you're a sore loser. Like, no one likes a guy 
who yaps all the time when they're winning, but when they lo- when they're losing, they're nowhere to be found. You gotta keep that same energy, my man. And 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 the fact that you went into hiding and you went to seek shelter, talking about you don't want to, you ain't got nothing to say. No, no kidding, bro. No kidding, you ain't got nothing to say. So I am I, the fact that the NBA has not suspended Dylan Brooks is is wild. If you're gonna say that Draymond Green has a history, you have a whole video room full of Desmond uh, Dylan Brooks. Uh, 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 interesting things that he's done this year alone. I think he hit Donovan Mitchell in the genitalia. Uh, let's not think it would, let's, you know, we're forgetting about the whole wind up against Gary Payton last year in the playoffs. So he has a history of just doing weird stuff, um, in the playoffs or in, yeah, especially in the playoffs. So the fact that he hasn't been able, he hasn't been suspended this, in, in this, just so far as of this recording is pretty mind boggling to me. Um, you know, they said that the league suspended Draymond Green based off his history. Okay, cool. That's fine. I, I mean, that's fine. But if you're going to say it's based off of history, then keep that same energy towards Dylan Brooks. So I got to say now moving on over to the West, the other the other great series. Hey, man, I honestly thought after game one that the that Los Angeles Clippers had a chance. Even though I picked the Phoenix Suns. And like I said last week, every team in the West has a yet yeah, a cool butt. And I, and I went over every every yeah but with each team and I think what the Clippers for me was yeah but we don't know when Kawhi Leonard is gonna get hurt I think that's what I said but here we are like I said here it is today and he didn't play game three he ain't played game four and there's word on the street that he's probably not gonna play the rest of the series so now you're rolling the ball out there with Russell Westbrook Terrence Mann uh one of the Moores brothers and, and Zubac and the, the Phoenix Suns I'm not gonna say they got lucky this is a good time for them to try to w- tighten up buckle down on their rotation i thought after game one that monty williams was out coached by toronto which happens like he lose one of the better post uh postseason coaches that we have in recent memory um i i just thought that monty williams was getting out coached when he rolled out 11 players um in game one he ended up basically almost practically going down to almost like a seven-man rotation um in games four but i i, I just i i honestly think Kawhi Leonard needs to retire. And, bro, Ty- Tyron Lue literally sat there and said, he put you on load management for the entire year just for you to be ready in the playoffs. And you play one game in the playoffs and now you just dunzo? I just can't wrap my mind around that. And I just, it, it, and if this is what we're going to get with Kawhi Leonard, and if you look at Kawhi Leonard's playoff run from, I believe, 2017 all the way up until now, He's up there with like Kevin Durant's, LeBron James's, uh, Anthony Davis's. You can almost actually say he's probably been better than all of them boys in in the postseason. Uh, if you want to look up win shares in the postseason, I believe Kevin Durant's like at a 1.9 and Kawhi Leonard's at like a 2.4 for all you nerd, nerd people um, trying to dabble into the advanced metrics. But the advanced metrics say that Kawhi Leonard is averaging right around 30 some points for per game in the postseason, about seven boards, about four assists, and right around two and a half steals a game. Name me another player that's doing that in the postseason since 2017, and that list is very short. So you can argue it's almost it's almost a, a safe bet to say that Kawhi Leonard has probably been the best player in the postseason when he plays, which he don't. But you can actually say that he might have been better than Kevin Durant. He's got two Finals MVPs, got two championships. Um. But the thing about Kawhi Leonard is he always hurt, always hurt. And it's to the point where now, if I'm the Clippers, I would strongly consider 
Um, I, I don't know what his contract's looking like. I think he is up for, I don't know if he's a free agent this season or next season, but he's getting close. I would, I would sit down and have a conversation with Kawhi Leonard and see, hey, what's, what's the, what's the, what's the deal? What's the next move for him? Because they can't keep sustaining this. Paul George is already hurt. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's not hurt. Like you have actual championship aspirations, legitimate championship aspirations. Like this isn't a crack pipe dream where this team came out of nowhere. Like people expected the, the the Clippers to actually be able to get things to get things done this season, just because that you had a Kawhi Leonard that was healthy and you had a Paul George that was going to be healthy. And the fact that they've only played like twenty two percent of their games together is 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 a crying shame. Um, so switching gears because I'm about to tie all this together. We had uh, Joel Embiid. He got hurt with a strained knee. Um, you've had Tyler Hero with a broken hand. You've had Freaky Greedy with a, a, a bummed out booty, I guess. I think it's his booty that hurts. Um, who else has been hurt that I'm thinking of? Tyler Hero, Freaky Greedy, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George ain't playing. Uh, these are all due to injuries now. My, to tie it all together, what the hell's the point of load management in the regular season? Like, I, I just don't know what's the point of load management in the season. Because if you have all these star players that are getting hurt, and granted, Tyler Hero's injury was a freak accident. He's diving after a loose ball and broke his hand. I didn't know it was that bad until they said it was broken. But you have all these 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 one-off injuries where what difference does it make if he's going to get hurt in the postseason or if he gets hurt in the regular season? You can't prevent injuries from happening. Like, that's where I'm trying to get to. So you might as well play these jokers during the regular season. Um, because load management clearly is not working. Um, because you have things that can happen at a freak accident, like I said, with Tyler Hero or even uh, Freaky Greaky with the bummed out booty, that can happen in any given night. So what, I, I don't see what's the point of having load management if all these dudes are going to get hurt. Just It just doesn't make sense to me. But I think this has kind of been Exhibit A. This this one thing about this postseason is Exhibit A has been that load, man, load management don't do nothing. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't help. And, and it, it, it's, it's been shown that with all these star players, getting hurt that you know it ain't working now i haven't dabbled over to the east because for one reason and that's because i said between the heat nets and i believe the hawks i said them boys is only going to win three games as of this recording the hawks have not played the celtics but i believe the heat have won two so i'm right at three games i don't with freaky greaky being hurt i don't know that was my take i, I still stand by that take because i'm at three um the Nets got swept. Who didn't see that coming? I'm actually surprised that the Hawks won. That makes me kind of low-key question Boston's focus because the Hawks, they, they, I mean, come on now. They were the seed, the seventh or eighth seed playing game. I mean, they got Trey Young, who's supposed to be getting on, who's on the trade with Black. Like, they got a whole bunch of mess going on there. And you mean to tell me you can have smoked them, boys? That gives me a little bit of worry. I am a little bit worried about how hurt is Freaky Freaky. I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow night. Um, word on the street. I, I, I don't know what his status is, but that's that's been a little bit of concern. Miami Heat, who does shoot horrible from the threes, somehow have been able to shoot all right. But that Victor Oladipo injury, as if they couldn't afford, as if they could afford another injury, that didn't do him no favors yesterday. So now here you are with that injury, and it doesn't look good for that as well. So I don't know what the makeup's going to look like. But as far as the East goes, that that Celtics Hawks series garbage truck juice or hell even worse uh uh, uh 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 you know ocean waste just 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 pollu- ocean pollution is what that is the heat buck series is even though it is i don't even know if i consider it interesting 
but it's a series that I just don't have any interest in watching. Like I haven't been, you know, there's no Freaky Greaky, uh, no Tyler Hero, uh, no Victor Oladipo. And it, it just, it's just a struggle for me to kind of get entertained with that series. The next, next six uh, series, um, it got a little interesting once when Joel and B, you know, and James Harden got suspended, but it, it, it got a little interesting. And now Joel and B, you know, they get, they're probably going to rest. I would say all the way up at least until Thursday or Friday, if not later, depending on how long this Hawks Celtics series goes. Cause I think that's who they play next is the winner of that. I don't know, but this is one that I did not have on my NBA bingo card, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers being down 3-1 against the New York City Knickerbockers. Now, I said on my social media that outside of my Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings series, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm going to be biased. Like, yeah, that's probably my favorite series, but I'm not going to lie. That Cavs-Knicks series, I thought, I'm not going to say I thought, it's been entertaining. Like, that's been my favorite series to watch. Shout out to my homeboy, Sergio, um, diehard New York fan. And, you know, I, I like to see some of my homeboys, you know, some teams go on. But, you know, do good. I didn't. And I was talking to him, I want to say Friday when game three happened. Me and him was just chopping it up. He was like, yo, what you think of game three? I was like, man, I think the Knicks going to win by 10 plus. He was like, nah, man, I, I don't I don't think so. I was like, nah, I think, they, I, think I said, I think they're going to smoke these boys, man. I think they're going to smoke them. It's game three. They're going to be in the garden. They're going to be the fans is going to have that place, up, you know, crunking and jumping. And I think the Knicks are going to be they, like, I, I honestly think the Knicks are going to win by 10 plus. He was like, nah, man, I think they're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be by that much. I was like, okay. Shores, lo and behold, I think the Knicks won by a, tw- a dub. I didn't think that they, so I say all to say that today I, I, I pulled up in, uh, I pulled up here to the hotel, got the notification that the Knicks were up 3-1. I didn't know that they were going to be on the verge of giving the Cavalier, Cleveland Cavaliers a gentleman sweep. Um, that's not me taking away anything from the Knicks. Like if I, if I would be completely wholly transparent with the New York Knickerbockers, they were a 500 team pretty much the entire season. And then they came out the all-star break. I believe they won, went on a nine game winning streak. And then after that, they kind of just played 500 ball. So really outside of that nine game winning streak, I ain't, okay. The Knicks is cool, but you know, ain't nobody really heard about the boys. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's all right. You know, it's a good story, but I didn't know that they were going to be on the verge of winning uh, or going back to Cleveland, I believe it's going to be Tuesday, where they can actually beat these boards 3-1. I honestly thought that was a seven-game series. I don't know what the hell Tom Dibodeau is telling these boys, but I, 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 I the, the the notion that Jalen Brunson has been able to go to New York and bring that type of poise, that type of leadership, because if you really think about it, all the Knicks did between last year's team and this year's team is just get Jalen Brunson. Um, I, you know, I, I know Quickly's gotten a lot better. Uh, Quentin Grimes has been a really, really good player. Mitchell Robinson has been solid. Julius Randle's an all-star. Um, one thing I did, I, I am noticing is that RJ Barrett's having a little bit of, he had some struggles uh, the first couple of games. He seems like he's getting it together. But other than that, if you really think about it, Jalen Brunson's the only main acquisition. Like, that's the only thing. And I'm saying, like, that's only, like, it's not a big deal. But if you think about it, hindsight is 2020. I was like, okay, cool. I don't know how many wins Jalen Brunson's going to bring to New York, but He's brought him a lot more than I thought he was, and he's brought a lot more of that swag. Uh, he ain't no loser. He's won multiple championships at college. He's, you know, gotten to the Western Conference Finals with the Mavericks last year, a National College Player of the Year. He's solid. I just didn't know that the Knicks were going to be able to be up 3-1 against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where the Cavaliers, you, the rule of thumb is, if you have a top five offensive defensive team, that usually means you have a championship 
that are a sure shot of winning the NBA championship. I didn't know that was going to happen. I do know this with the Cavaliers, though. Evan Mobley or Jared Allen, they, they can't have two tall men. They're going to have to have two, you know, either one big men, but you can't have two tall men. And when I say two tall men is that they just big. You know, they're not, they not going to be able to do too much. You know, they're getting bodied. So I think that Jared Allen is probably going to be the odd man out next year. Um, just based off the fact that, you know, it's the same thing with Minnesota. Minnesota's got two tall men. Like, if Carl Anthony Towns was that dude, you wouldn't need to go get Rudy Gobert. He's just a tall man. He ain't a big man. You know, Carl Anthony Towns out here just chucking up threes all the damn time. It's just when he needs to bring his, you know, put his butt to the basket and have his one hand out and be out here doing some drop steps, but he want to be out there bucking, hanging at the three-point line. He a big man. He's just a tall man. He ain't a big man. So you bring Rudy Gobert in, it ain't really doing nobody no favors. But I will say this. Uh, the Knicks against the Bucks with an injured freaky greeky. Now I know New York fans they they don't want to get too high on the on the horse, which I understand. I feel it. They've had a they've had a long history of just agony, but if somehow they're able to figure out how to, you know, we don't know how hurt freaky greeky is. They might. I'm not gonna say they're gonna upset, but they probably gonna give. Milwaukee a little bit more of a run for their money than we all expected. So they gonna they gonna beat the Cavs. Like it's gonna be three. It's gonna be four one. It ain't it ain't it ain't it's not a hit, but it's gonna be a win, which is probably Tuesday. Um but I I, I they gonna get, you know, and not only that, the Knicks get to rest. The Knicks are gonna be able to rest. The Knicks, if they do what they're supposed to do on Tuesday, they will get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Probably they probably won't start that second series until Sunday or Monday, just based off the fact that if Milwaukee can come back and win, then that's six games. So I'm pretty sure game six is going to be either Thursday or Friday. And there we are. They're not going, you know, so the Knicks are probably looking at probably almost around a one week's worth of downtime, which is who, who, who don't love that in the playoffs. Julius Randle still nursing an ankle injury. Josh Hart still uh, has got another ankle injury. All the players got little nagging injuries here and there. So who doesn't love a little bit of, you know, six days of, getting it back together and just having some downtime um so i definitely think that is going to be huge but yo shout out to the knicks man like i said i didn't i had that game that series going seven games and that's probably my favorite series the both teams are playing hard it, it, you know and i i don't know what's going on with the Cavs, but they they show good times when they're really really good and they show times that they're really really bad but that's been my favorite series to watch um but i just didn't know that the knicks would be up 3-1 after four games just didn't see that coming and you know, anybody who's going to tell me you, you, you should know better, I, I, I'll definitely call you on that bluff because you probably didn't have that either. So moving on, uh, before we get up out of here, it is time for the Sports Business Podcast Dummy of the Day. It is an extended one just based off the fact of, man, I have never been more ashamed of being from Oakland, California than I am right now. Now, we're going to go on a little bit of a tangent. It's going to be story time with Money Compton. And we're going to go do a little history lesson. Now, for those who don't know, the Oakland Athletics, the, 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 the baseball team, I think, I don't even know if they won five games this season. They've been limit booting. The Oakland A's, the baseball team, they have been in the news recently for everything except for baseball. Been in the news. I think they played the New York Mets. Uh, I think it was the Mets. It was. It had to been the Mets. They played the Mets. The Mets were at. They played. The Mets played the A's in Oakland. The Mets local broadcast team, which I believe is on Madison Square Garden Network, I think it's on MSG Sports. 
their local people, they were in the visiting little broadcast booth, and I guess they opened the door and they saw a possum. They saw a possum that was out here just doing a thug fizzle, taking a whole bunch of number twos all over the broadcast booth. I guess the possum didn't know that he was gonna have guests coming over because he, he looked at the he looked at the uh, local broadcast team was like, "Oh my bad, I didn't know I was gonna have guests here. I forgot to clean up. My bad, y'all." To the point where the the Mets broadcast booth they had to go to a smaller studio, a terrible view, and it was just bad. What are we doing with possums in, in, in the stadium? First of all, second of all. Later on, I believe that night, um, I got the alert probably about 20 minutes before it went public. Um, I got the I got word that the A's ownership team had bought some land in Las Vegas, um, which is in an interesting area, honestly. Like, ugh, I mean, ugh. it's in an interesting area where they bought this land. Um, and 15 minutes later, it went public that the A's are more than likely, if not, it's official tissue. They are building a $1.5 billion stadium that's about 49 acres with a retractable roof that holds about 35,000 people. Cool. Now, since 2017, or actually 2018, no, no, yeah, no, since 2019, the city of Oakland has lost the Warriors, the Raiders, and now the Athletics. I don't think, I can't think of another city that has lost their entire sports ecosystem in the span of five years. Like, what in the blue hell, and, and, and for those who don't know, Libby Schaaf was the mayor of Oakland when a lot of this transpired. I don't know who the new lady is who just got in office three months ago, but she already sounded like she's Billy Badass talking about, we're going to pause, we're no longer negotiating with the city of Oakland. And she getting mad at, she getting mad at the A's because the A's took the better deal. First of all, the Oakland A's asked for land. You didn't want to come off of this land that was over in the the, the the shipping docks because you keep saying that what if we get business? What if you get business? But you ain't got no business in the last 30 years. That, that's like, what are you talking about? Two, you wanted the A's to fund the whole public housing that they were trying to put a, put together around the new A's stadium if they were going to get one in the, stadium, in the city of Oakland. You try to pin that back on the A's like the A's are supposed to be responsible for it. And three, which... I understand, but I also know that it's it's unrealistic. That everyone says, why does pro you know why does why does the people have to pay for the taxes when all these billionaire owners own you know are owners? They should be able to be able to foot the bill to create these stamps. I agree. However, that's like believing in Santa Claus. It ain't gonna happen. Okay, it's very very few and far in between that you get a privately funded stadium. Football, there's only one. And that's in the city of New York, or not even the city of New York. It's in Jersey. MetLife Stadium is the only privately funded football or football stadium in the NFL, which is freaking crazy to think that out of all the 32 teams in the NFL, it's in New York. That's just wild that they, Woody Johnson and, and the Mar family was able to get a privately funded stadium in the Meadowlands. That's just wild. Baseball, I believe it is only three or four teams that are team owned, which means that the team owns the, the stadium, not the public. So that means I believe it's the Giants, Brewers, and I forgot the other two two teams. But I know the Giants are team. They they own the actual uh, Oracle Park. The NBA. The one reason why the Warriors left the city of Oakland and moved to San Francisco. One, they wanted to tap into that San Francisco money, and I was having a conversation with my homeboy because he was asking like, why can't the A's play in San Francisco? One, that ain't. That's not even realistic. That's not even realistic to even think of because 
those two cities, one, they hate each other, which is which is wild to think of because they're only like five miles apart from each other. One, those two cities hate each other. Two, when the A's were thinking about moving to San Jose, the San Francisco Giants actually blocked that move because apparently San Jose, the, the, the jurisdictions of San Jose somehow falls under San Francisco. And San Francisco was like, eh, eh, you tap it into our people and we're not going to have that. So they weren't even able to move to San Jose, which still really doesn't make sense because San Jose is out in the boonies of the Bay Area. So them trying to play where the A, where the A's play or where the Giants play out is just not even, it's, 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 it's unrealistic for that to even be thought of. Two, the city of Oakland, anytime the Raiders ask for land, the Warriors asked for land, the city was like, nah, we, we, no, we're not giving up, we're not coming up off of this land. So when Joe Lakeup and Peter Gruber was like, all right, cool. Well, we're not even asking for the public money. We're just asking for the land. And the city of Oakland didn't want to give that land. That's when they started looking in San Francisco. San Francisco, Peter Gruber and Joe Joe Lacob was like, hey, we want to build a stadium. And I think initially they did ask for the public. And I they asked for public assistance. They wanted to be publicly funded. The city of San Francisco was like, nope, you figure it out. And I guess Peter Gruber and Joe Lacob was like, all right, cool. Give us the land. They gave him the land. The land is about probably about four or five blocks away from Oracle Park. Really, it's not really in a convenient location because there's a hospital right next to it. And they said, all right, cool. Who do we make the checkout to? They, meaning Peter Gruber and Joe Lake, owners of the Golden State Warriors. They were like, okay, cool. Who do we make the checkout to? We want to go ahead and build the state and we'll take you up on that offer. And the city of San Francisco was like, okay, I guess this is really happening. They ended up getting the Chase Center. As far as the Vegas Raiders go, same story to a certain extent. I guess there is some land right next to the Coliseum that they try to purchase, but the A's blocked that because they were going to build it, but they never got the green light from the city council. So the A, the Raiders ended up having to move. So I say all to say this, like I said, it was a history lesson. The city of Oakland, you didn't learn your lesson from the Warriors and the Raiders leaving. You, you, you just ain't learned your lesson, huh? You, you didn't learn your lesson that, hey, unfortunately, you're going to have to have public assistance. assistance. It's just the way it is. Two, you had multiple opportunities to try to mend's right, to make this right. And then three, you get mad because they take a deal. Here's the thing about negotiation. And this is something that everyone does when you're looking for a job or everyone that's went on Indeed or or is a, 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 a LinkedIn and is looking for a job. You, that's right. You, the listeners right now, are going to interview for more than one position. And then you're going to go back to either A, the person that called you back the first, the first person that called, first company that called you back. B, the one that offers you the more money, or C, the one that offers you the best benefits. Sometimes it can be all three that lines up in the one of those packages. Don't I understand how the Oakland mayor is so upset saying, oh, they sat there and were negotiating behind our backs. I'm sorry, I didn't know that I have to negotiate with one person at a time. I'm taking all comers in the best offer. So if the city of Las Vegas was like, okay, cool, we can give you this land. This is how much it's going to cost. This is what you're going to need to do what you think and that's the best deal or that if in this case this is the only deal that they got because the Raiders or the A's have given them the counter offers of what they're willing to do and they didn't mend it then that's that's whose fault whose fault is that that is on you the city of Oakland and I have never been more embarrassed more ashamed in my entire life to say that I am from Oakland California because you literally just lost all your sports teams you literally just killed your economy all around Hangerburger um there's not going to be too much stuff going on around that area. You still can use the Oakland Coliseum, the arena, which sometimes you get the, you know, 
you get some some artists and things like that that'll go to Oakland because it's a little bit more easier to sell out than it is in San Francisco and ticket prices can be a little bit cheaper. Um, so you still have a couple things here and there, but as far as that big old stadium, I don't know what they're going to do. The, the stadium's 10 years overdue from a, from, a, from a remodel that they were never able to get. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know this. <laughs> this is going to be a 30 for 30 as far as how did I just let go of my entire sports economy? And yeah, that 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 that's just just really sad to see three story franchise, whether it's the Raiders, Warriors, and the Warriors left in the middle of their heyday. Like they they've been successful, and then granted they went over to the bridge. Um, it's still not the same. Uh, I can tell you right now, going to a game in the Oracle Arena compared to the Chase Center is like night and day. Uh, Chase Center is a little bit more corporatey, um, a little bit more gimmicky. It's more of a I'm going to a Warriors game as opposed to now nah, I'm going to root for the Warriors. Like, you know, it's it's a little bit different. So City of Oakland, you definitely get the sports pod, sports business podcast dummy of the day. How did you just let go of three sports franchises in the span of four years? If anybody can do it, it's the City of Oakland. So y'all got it. Um, and it's really just pathetic. It's sad. But anyways, once again, you've been listening to the show. My name is Eric Compton. We do the show once a week. I will be going to the Lakers Grizzle game Monday, and I will be going to an Angels game sometime this week. I just don't know when, but make sure you follow me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also follow me on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. You can also email the show. Email me the show. Let me know what y'all been thinking about the playoffs, because the playoffs have been dope. It's been really, really good. So, like I said, we do the show once a week, and I will be back on next Monday to talk more NBA playoffs. Hopefully we get the second rounds cracking. But like I said, enjoy each other and I will talk to you all next week. I'm out.